0: Because I remember when I was younger, all I wanted to do was read articles and read books about design. And and sometimes I like to actually try to uh, perform the practice of design.
1: What's up everybody, I'm Guo, and you're listening to the Not Just Pixel Show. There's a lot to learn as a designer. So in this show, I sit down with design professionals to understand how to grow as a designer and help you get that UX design internship or job. Let's get into it. Today I'm talking to Boyi Chen. Boy recently joined Meta as a product designer. Before Meta, he was a UX manager at Chegg. And if you're a student, you've probably heard of this education tech company, whether you are trying to rent textbooks or look for homework answers. Outside of work, he loves to give back to the design community through mentorship. In our conversation, one of the things that really stood out to me was the reason why he started to mentor, his introverted self, the feeling that he wasn't great at communicating. And as an introvert myself, I can really relate to that. We talked about his journey from graphic design to UX design, tips for interviews, how to network as an introvert, and so much more. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Boyi Chen. I'd like to start from the beginning of your career, which is you mentioned that you came into the field with a graphic design background. And I think a lot of design students, they might Major in graphic design in college and think, oh, I want to transition into UX. So I was wondering, how was that transition process mm-hmm. from graphic design to UX design? And what are some of the skills that translated over to your work in UX design?
0: Yeah, um, I would say that the transition process for me was, it felt really natural. Uh, so I started out more as a print designer, you know, mostly working on uh, logo uh, design, like print stuff, uh, like business cards, flyer and all that. Uh, and my first professional experience was working for AAA as an intern. Uh, and then I was mostly, my, my only project was really working on their of their uh, sort of advertising flyer package. So it's really all print work. Uh, but after I started working on t- with this marketing agency after the internship, that's where I started to be exposed to more web design projects. Uh, and of course, initially, there was a learning curve, like, for example, um, I still remember at the time, like workflow wise, is very different. Uh, so, uh, for example, there's a process where we, as a part of the handoff, we need to prepare assets for developers. And at the time, that process was still uh, fairly new. And, and because the software we're using was doing like Photoshop uh, and and we have to translate to you know, HTML and CSS, uh, I still remember like, one of the more common thing we need to do is like, whenever you have a rounded corner in the UI, for example, a button with a rounded corner, uh, you have to essentially slice that into two or three images. Right? The background, uh, button background as one image, and then the rounded corner part as a separate image so that the, the developers can actually combine them into a single button that has rounded corners. Uh, so, so that type of workflow kind of exists back then. So the workflow is kind of different uh, as a as a UX designer then. Um, but otherwise, in terms of transferable skills, I thought like the core visual design skills that I learned as a graphic designer, such as color, typography, and layout, are pretty much carry over uh, into UX design, and that kind of forms a really good foundation uh, for my future work.
1: Yeah. At least I never actually used Photoshop for UX design work because I think Figma was already there. But I, yeah, yeah I cannot imagine.
0: Yeah, I think there are three phases in terms of this prominent design tool. Like you started out with Photoshop and Illustrator are the sort almost like the first, almost the first generation, not one of the earliest, at least to my knowledge. And then the second generation is like Sketch. Um, and then now we are kind of the next generation, which is all Figma uh, based.
1: Right, yeah, that's true. I think Photoshop and Illustrator is probably more still geared towards graphic design focus for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Then I think my next question will be, um, you've been working at different types of companies um over the past decade or so. And I think one of the questions that I had and I think a lot of people might have is that what are the differences in the responsibilities and also roles of a UX designer in Let's say an agency or a startup or even at a large company. Yeah. Um, so I I work at the
0: agency very briefly at the beginning of my career as a graphic designer slash, I call myself web designer at the time as well. Um, in that type of environment, you are essentially working with a really small team, depending on the size of the agency, however. Uh, but you I was working with a really small team, things are really fast paced we tend to pick up a lot of projects at the same time, so we have to juggle many different things. I think what's really unique about working at an agency is you get a chance to be exposed to a lot of variety of work, uh, which means like for a new designer, it will be helpful to join a company or environment like this to really build up your portfolio right away. So I feel like that's a huge plus, working for an agency as a new designer. Um, most of my other times in my early careers are working for startups. Uh, I work for startups that have essentially five people to maybe like 50 people. So it's, it's still a range there. Uh, but for the most part, I think the common thing is working as a designer in startups, um, you get a lot of ownership of what you do. Um, so you not only have to maybe lead design work, maybe you're the only designer there. Uh, you also potentially have to maybe wear multiple hats to jump into different disciplines. So for example, I remember there was a startup that I worked for, uh, maybe we are a short engineer. So I was able to you know learn more about front-end coding and then jump in to help uh, code and deploy uh, my designs. So that's something that you might be expected to do, or at least have the ability or opportunity to do working at a startup. Uh, and then more recently, I joined as your large company. So these these are companies that have maybe, you know, 10 20,000 or more uh, employees. And I think the main difference is now there's a lot more structure uh, to everything that you do. So, And because the, maybe the skill and the impact of your work, it requires that um, process to be in place uh, to make sure that everything you do is um has sort of the meet the quality or standards of the company so things tend to happen a little bit slower uh but that's not to say that like there are still um processes in place that helps you to move faster uh so for example uh Meta really like when i joined there's one thing i realized even though they're a huge company things are moving really fast because people are moving pretty fast, working, breaking out into smaller teams, working on smaller problems. So there are things you can do to kind of help speed up the process, even working at the larger environment like that.
1: Yeah. And I think a follow up that I had on that, it was actually on your last point. Um, Do you know why, I guess, you mentioned how even though Meta is a large company, the pace is relatively fast. Is it more because of the workplace culture or is it, just how the company runs? Um, I think it's a little bit, it's both probably. So if you look into
0: Meta's uh, culture value, MoveFast is one of them, has been one of them. Uh, so that kind of is baked into their culture from the start and that probably influenced how they structured their team and processes to enable that. So, right. Uh, and, but I've and been a company who are, that's uh, less, uh, not as large as Meta for sure. And then they are maybe much slower in different areas. So I think a lot of that really is the culture of the company. Um, And and yeah, it could really be different. Um, So I wouldn't say like the size really dictate how fast the environment is moving around your work.
1: As a young designer, I think after college, I think one of the things will be what kind of these companies do I want to join? Mm. And I think just based on what you talked about, what would you recommend young designers, maybe fresh out of college, join first? And I think this probably also depends on their personal goals, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I
0: mentioned briefly that the, maybe the pros of joining a company like agency is you get to be exposed to a lot of different types of work. And some people like that, some people like to try different things and work on different things all the time, right? Whereas some people maybe like to stick with one product domain, one type of work, and then be a really domain expert in that area. So, yeah, I think one largely depends on what you enjoy doing. But uh, I guess another factor is uh, talking about learnings, potential and resources, right? If you work for a startup or maybe sometimes a small agency, you might not have a lot of maybe designers to work with, therefore less support. Overall, whereas bigger companies like Facebook, where we got, or sorry, Meta, we got thousands of designers. Um, That's where you get potential to actually connect with and learn from these people as well. So, um, and sometimes people like to, especially newer designers, maybe they like to focus on just one area, which is design. That's what they want to do. And and if you get into things like a startup, they might be expecting to do a little bit more that might not be the right type of environment for you as a new designer. So there's really a lot to consider. Um, But I would say maybe the priority focus is you probably have to figure out what really matters to you, right? Is it support that matters to me as a new designer? Is it the the type of work or do I need to feel passionate about what I'm doing? Um, Or is it just uh, do I need to be able to work with Uh, certain type of projects or certain type of product domain so you probably really have to think about what you care uh, as a designer at first
1: right yeah and i think also a part of i guess the type of company maybe the specific industry that you want to work at can also be another consideration factor as well Mm -hmm. awesome i think transitioning a little bit um into Talking about what type of companies a young designer can join. I think one of the things that as people wonder is that, you know, the transition between a designer mm. versus a manager. And before Matthew, you worked at Check as the lead UX designer for four years and then you became UX manager there. Um, I was wondering what are some of the biggest differences in terms of day to day work and also responsibilities between a designer and also a manager?
0: Yeah. Uh, So I was lucky enough to get to manage a team for a year, and that taught me a lot, um, both as a people leader and also as a designer as well. Um, In terms of the biggest difference day to day, um, so when I was a manager, I don't actually execute any design work anymore. That's actually uh, left to my team to actually lead and manage that. Um, my job as a manager, at least I checked, was to um, sort of manage maybe higher level processes and figure out how to help my team grow the best. So it's really focused on the quote unquote people management. Uh, so my day to day was mostly like coordinating and syncing with different stakeholders, including my team as well, to figure out uh, what they're doing. Are there any blockers and how I can help to unblock them? Uh, At the same time, I'm also monitoring and working with my team to uh, make sure that we plan out their career growth and that I'm there to support them through the process. So those are my really my primary responsibility. So I would say the biggest difference um, in a way is I essentially don't do any design work anymore, don't really solve any design or product problem. I solve a lot more of a process and people challenges.
1: Got it. Yeah. So I say, probably turning to manager, you're turning into more managing the people instead of actually like the pixel to pixel design work oh. um, between designer and yeah, that makes sense. All right, and I think gonna also shift here again, and I do want to talk about because recently, three months ago or four months ago, you joined Meta as a product designer, and I wanted to ask a few questions on that. Oh. So, um, first off, what led you to Meta after so many years at Chat. Mm.
0: Yeah, so uh, in terms of why I
1: decided to join Meta,
0: so um, when I reached my five years at Chat, that's what I realized, hey, um, five years is actually a really long time in the tech industry. So uh, it's rare to see anybody really stay for more than three years uh, across the board. So five years definitely says a lot how much I really enjoy working at that company. Uh, but after five years, I started to kind of contemplate what my next career goals and moves are, right? Because I wanted to maybe try something different, learn something new, um, especially working in a new environment. So just change things up a little bit. And as I think a little bit more about what I care about, and what I prioritize at the time, I know that sort of what I called uh, sort of new frontier uh, technology or I think, um, so for things like uh, VR, AR type of space, um, that's something that I'm really interested in uh, now and also want to get into more in the future. Uh, so that's the type of area, the type of company I started to look for to see if they have opportunity for me to join. Um, so, and, and Meta was obviously one of the top choices in this domain, uh, given the Metaverse offer. So, so that's Meta became one of the company that I applied to and then went through their interview process, and uh, eventually made it. So um, I feel like I definitely in the right direction in terms of moving towards my longer term career goal by joining Meta.
1: And I think you also briefly talked about the application and also the interview. I was wondering, can you mm. break down um, like what was the application process like? What yeah. was the interview like?
0: The process I went through basically when I uh, they started off with a first round of screening call with recruiter. Um, so, and, and I've been in contact with, I think, Facebook recruiter for the last few years because um, they do a great job at following up and checking in with potential candidates. Uh, so I was able to get in touch with a recruiter and had that first screening call. Uh, after the screening call, then I was invited to more of a first round interview, uh, which is consists of a presentation about half an hour uh, mm-hmm. to one designer on the team. Uh, as well as a app critique, which basically means that we'll be going through an app installed on our phone, and then I will be, as the candidate, I'll be critiquing the design uh, with another designer as well. And each of them were, um, I think, 45 minutes or so. Um, so um, so it was just that first round, two sessions, one the presentation and one app critique. Um, once I passed the first round of the screening, um, I went to the second and last round of the interview process, uh, which um, is usually called outside for most interviews. And, and that consists of another presentation, but this time it will be presenting to a larger audience, like the people that would be interviewing you for that round. Uh, and for me, there was, I think, five people at the time. Um, after that, then there are multiple one-on-ones focused on different areas, uh, different format as well. So we, have a, we had another app critique on top of that uh, with a different person, uh, creating a different app. We also had a behavioral question interview. So uh, I was interviewing with a design manager and and she was asking me some questions about my past work and uh, the project I presented, uh, my past experiences as well. Uh, And then also had a, what's known as the whiteboard challenge as well. So somebody uh, asked me to solve a problem on the spot and we had to kind of figure that out through a uh, digital whiteboard at a time. So, so that round is consists of four sessions: the presentation to start, and then behavioral interview questions, the app critique, and also the whiteboard challenge. Uh, and then that's where once you finish that round, that's where the team will debrief and make a decision for you. And then uh, what's unique about some of the big company like for, for example Meta is, I went through the, what's called the more general um, uh, general hiring process. So. They didn't actually match me up with the team until I get hired or pass the interview rounds. So what happened was after I passed the interviews, then I get to meet and talk to different uh, teams and meta to decide which team I want to join. So I had the opportunity to choose the team at the time and essentially shop around a little bit to see what fits me the best. Yeah, once you decide on a team, then that's where you actually get your final offer letter and that's where you would start.
1: Wow, that sounds like a really how how long was I guess the whole process? Yeah,
0: it sounds like a lot, but actually the whole process took about two three weeks or so.
1: Yeah, I think the first time that I've experienced um, like a standard application process was this semester uh, last semester and um, are there any tips in terms of I guess, some of the application stages that you had let's say like whiteboarding challenge uh, for example and maybe also app critique because i think app critique is one of the more unique stages of the interview process
0: yeah so i i do help a lot of people through my mentoring effort to uh, help them prepare for interviews uh and and a lot of things a lot of things that we do really is to help practice and get ready for interviews right so For interviews overall, I would say, um, I mean, to answer your questions about things like app critique and whiteboard challenges, both of them are what I consider to be like the design challenge category of the interview. So um, with that, I think it's uh, honestly less about what you came up with. um, And it's more about what do do you have a structure? Do you have a process to walk through either of them? So for example, for app critique, um, even though... Uh, you can prepare beforehand and maybe pick the most popular app and practice what you want to say what's more important is you actually have a structure to walk the person through to critique this design or experience that you're going um so having that format or structure in place to go through that process is really important and then that's mostly what the interviewer is really looking for um a little bit on top of like some of the comments and critiques that you made to the design as well. But most of that is, I think, to the structure. And for whiteboard challenge especially, it's about the framework, the structure that you have. Uh, People want to see how you actually approach and tackle the problem. And that's what the intent of that whiteboard challenge is. It's not so much about the actual solution that you came up with at the end.
1: So it's really more about how you think as a designer. I also wanted to ask about, um, you've been at Meta for three or four months. How was your first few months at Meta and what are you working on as a product designer?
0: Yeah, so first uh, first couple of months, uh, I think I'm just about over a month or so. So first couple of months is mostly just onboarding for me. So for a company like Meta, there's a lot of information that we really have to digest and go through before we become, uh, quote unquote, effective. At designing at this company uh, so for example my first week was all just orientation and then that continues after my first week um, it's a combination of like live orientation session like via like a live video call or a uh, asynchronous uh, training materials that I have to go through and, and that means just watching different recorded videos or reading through articles uh, so that will give me a lot of knowledge about not just About the company culture, what the process is like, the different teams that's available that have to collaborate, but also more tactical stuff like how to use certain tools that we have, uh, and also how to best uh, collaborate with your immediate team and maybe uh, thinking about certain issues that might come up uh, doing work. So a lot of my first month is really just uh, orientation and training uh, type of work. Uh, and, and there is a term they describe as like there is like a fire hose of information being throughout you, and that's really real. Uh, so it's really just about uh, soaking that in and then trying to organize information and trying to make sense of all that stuff. Uh, and then yeah, f- once I passed my first month, that's where I started to be more exposed to my immediate team and my uh, domain, and started to learn more about what our, what the, what is the problem our team is really trying to solve and how to best work together within our team. Um, and right now I'm still fairly early, um, sort of, or in this company. So right now I'm starting to get into the day-to-day of executing some work. So I started to pick up a couple of projects now, uh, but I haven't really shipped anything quite yet. So I can't really tell you what happens after that. Uh, but I'm still, I'm kind of working through with the team now, um, in more detail and then starting to contribute different ways.
1: So I think in terms of your day-to-day, I think... That'll probably be a lot more hands-on than um, when you were back as a design manager back yeah. at Czech.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I I made a conscious decision to go back to a designer. Just, you know, one largely because I was missing the craft of doing the design work. Uh, and then two, I you know, I asked a question when I talked to a recruiter at the beginning, like I really care about being able to contribute to the product strategy of the work. And I was, it was, I was advised that you know, designer probably have a lot more opportunity to contribute that here at Meta. So uh, I made a decision to join as a designer. So right now, I definitely don't do any people managing. Um, but, and most of what I do is really executing on a day-to-day level, uh, solving design challenges. Uh, but uh, that doesn't mean that I won't have the opportunity to still leave. For example, there is a pretty strong uh, mentorship program here and there throughout Meta for different uh, tracks and different teams. So there are ways to still uh, exercise your leadership skill as a individual contributor.
1: Also, I think a part of Meta, I think outside of Meta, one of the, um, I think a really important part of who you are as a designer is mentorship. So I know that you're a design mentor at Design Lab and on your website, you do provide ways for people to reach out, such as email or one-on-one session. And I was wondering, At what point of your career did you start mentoring other designers? And what sparked that? Mm.
0: Yeah, so if I look back, I think I started doing uh, more consistent mentoring, probably uh, back in 2014. So it's been a while. And what really sparked that, it was at that point, I was still uh, fairly young in my career. Uh, and I realized that I, I just wasn't, I feel like I wasn't great at communicating, uh, especially with other people. Um, you know, for, for example, English is not my first language, so uh, I feel, always felt like there was a language barrier. And then I also felt like I just wasn't um, that extroverted, so I was more of an introvert and I had a hard time communicating. And I felt like I needed a lot of practice in that area. And I thought to myself, hey, I just need to put myself out there and try to practice more like communicating. And one of the ways that I figured I could do it is, hey, let me just start to talk to other designers more, maybe mentor them. And that would act as a way for me to practice uh, my communication skill. So that's really what got me started. Uh, but once I got started, I, it turned out that there is a lot more benefit to it. Like For example, I was able to use mentoring as a way to network with a lot of people as well, especially people early on in their career. And they turned out to be great support and resources for myself uh, later on as well and and also just like the the act of mentoring like giving back is really fulfilling to me as a person so uh i've been enjoying in, uh, mentoring since then and i continue to do that for the last seven years or so i still still doing that now on a weekly basis
1: yeah i think one of my favorite things about the design community is just everybody is super supportive and also mm. willing to share their knowledge and experience um, to younger designers or just anybody who is willing to reach out yep. to ask. Yep. And I think just for the final question of this interview, I would, I was wondering what advice will you give to young designers who may still be in college or mm. maybe just graduated? Mm.
0: Yeah. So in terms of, um, I guess looking back, if I have any advice to younger designers or my younger self as well, um, I will say maybe focus on a couple of things. So first would be, um, not only focusing on your uh, input, like consuming information, uh, learning about things, but also uh, focus on your output at the same time. So that means like actually producing and executing work, uh, which is actually going to force you to actually practice and hone your skills that way. Because uh, I remember when I was younger, all I wanted to do was read articles and read books about design, and and sometimes i didn't like to actually try to uh, perform the practice of design. So. Uh, I felt like that helped me back a little bit, I could have done a lot more uh, to uh, try and experiment with newer things, build more portfolio pieces, and I think that would probably have a much bigger impact uh, to my career uh, if I were to do that more. Uh, so that would be one thing is focus more on the output as well. Um, and the other advice I would give is uh, don't wait on trying to network and start to build your uh, professional circle. Uh, so. Uh, and, and that's the sort of the benefit I started to discover once I started mentoring is the more people you know, uh, like, like you say, well, the designers in the community are very, very open to helping now. So if you, uh, have a large and strong network, you can actually benefit from them. Um, you know, whenever, for example, whenever you're job hunting, uh, I now have a lot, lot of access to people that works at a different company and they're able to give me referrals into them. So. Uh, And whenever I need feedback on something, I also have a group of people that I can reach out to, reliably to get feedback. So that network benefit is is really uh, something that shouldn't be overlooked. And that's something that requires a long-term investment as well. So I definitely would advise people to start early in terms of networking and get to know people and build your network.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think, actually, I do have a follow-up on that one because... um... I think personally myself is also an introvert and I think networking for introvert sometimes can feel a little bit overwhelming Mm. and intimidating. I was wondering, do you have any maybe tips or advices on how to do that? Mm.
0: Yeah, I feel like nowadays networking is a whole different game because before networking means you have to go out there, go to conferences, go to networking events, actually physically meet people and put yourself out there and, and like bingo in the crowd. Uh, nowadays, it's more like remote one-on-one type of networking, and sounds like you don't even have to do a video chat, and that way you can just do it via uh, written communication. Right? So I would say if, if you're an introvert uh, like me that doesn't really want to talk to people face-to-face sometimes, uh, try to use other methods uh, to communicate first, and then it probably would take some time to feel more comfortable uh, sort of being putting yourself out there and actually um, do more communication but try different methods see what's comfortable for you and you don't necessarily need to meet people face-to-face in network nowadays um, there's also a lot of tools out there now that helps you to meet people right so the it's a lot more efficient to network uh, so f- for example before we probably have to uh you know figure out what event to attend and figure out who's there and then try to meet people that way uh, nowadays you can maybe use uh, software or some apps that help you connect with people maybe once a week to to chat with them so uh, i think it's just a lot easier to do networking and offers a lot different options uh to do networking as well so uh, take advantage of that
1: awesome so i think with that it rounds off the all the questions that i wanted to ask so thank you boy for coming on to the podcast hey there today. Yeah, thank you so much for me. listening to this episode i really appreciate your time And again, before we say goodbye, my name is Guo, and you've just listened to the Not Just Pixel Show, and I'll see you in the next episode.